0: the page turner episode 19 tattoo of death the name's turner
1: page turner No, it's not, it's Colin. Uh Hello, welcome to this, the Choose Your Own Page turning podcast with me, comedian Lego, Colin Lego. I don't know why I'm doing the James Bond thing. Hello, welcome to episode 19, or oh, this series' penultimate episode, gracefully rolling towards the end of this first series. Thank you for sticking with me uh, for 19 weeks. That's a good old stretch, isn't it? That's a long old time. So thank you for that. If you have been enjoying it, I would really love to hear from you. I know, how many of you listen to it I see all the stats what I would like you to do if you are enjoying it I would love you to leave a little review on where you get your podcasts on iTunes or on Apple Music you can leave a a review very simply just by clicking the old star button or if you wanted to actually leave a proper comment that would be really useful for me and it would help spread the word a little bit so if you've got two minutes I would really appreciate that but anyway thank you for listening that is the main thing that you are listening and very excitingly you have also chosen today's book. Uh, I put on Twitter a little poll a few weeks ago and you guys have chosen episode 19's book which is Tattoo of Death. Very exciting. Also very exciting my guest has been requested. Oh yeah it's a returning guest. We all enjoyed her in episode 5 so let's meet her again as we go into this episode 19 of Voyage of the Page-Turner.
0: Theater maker and actor Shaz Andrew first appeared on this podcast when she successfully escaped from the House of Danger. Since then, Shaz has continued to create amazing theatrical experiences in her homeland of Cornwall, as well as running the Cornwall Meditation Center. Calm, creative and clearly talented, Shaz should have the skills to overcome any problem thrown her way during any of these stories. But watch out, Shaz. This is no house of danger. This is the tattoo of death.
1: Shaz Andrew, what a delight to have you back. How are you?
2: Well, hey, I am grand. Thank you so much for having me back again.
1: Well, you've been so reco- you've been requested, Shaz. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: Very, very sweet. I had such a blast first time round. It really was genuinely such a hoot.
1: <laughs> I think uh, people enjoyed the way you tackled uh, your story, which was House of Danger. Um, Brilliant. And they, I mean, the story itself was fun. A bit of everyone likes a bit of ghosts. Everyone loves a bit oh. of uh, a bit of diamond smuggling. But I think they enjoyed the way that you just went gung ho for it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, there is a Cornish phrase I can think of right now. And it's beep or get off the pot. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: And I tend to live my life as much like that as possible.
1: So. <laughs> well, what has been going on since we uh, did House of Danger many, many uh, weeks ago? What's been going on yeah. in, the, in the world of Shaz? <laughs> which well,
2: which I um... realise sounds
1: like an amazing theme park. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well as a matter of fact, we're working on the blueprints now. Uh for said theme park. Yeah. Uh we're hopefully gonna have it somewhere between Crantock and Newquay No, I'm joking. Love it. Uh like, um what's been happening? Uh well um just getting on with it really. I mean we've still been in lockdown. Yeah. Um mm. been doing lots of walking, which mm. has been really nice. Yeah. Um And just, yeah, quietly getting ready for Penley Park Theatre. We're opening up this, providing everything stays the same Mm. and the guidelines don't get retracted. Uh, We'll be opening up our little outdoor theatre this year. Um, So getting all things ready for that, um, Mm. prepping for the meditation, doing a bit of work for scary little girls. Mm. So, yeah, just kind of uh, prepping, really, for when we're all allowed out again.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, by the time people are listening to this, we would have hopefully got to the point where I think restaurants are opening outside. Um, Mm. Are you approaching all this kind of reopening of the world I'm I'm a little bit sort of um, anxious and nervous about it. Not that it will go back into some form of lockdown, but I think I've forgotten how to communicate with people.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, words, those pesky words. (laughs) Um, Am I... I, I'm not... I don't think I'm anxious as such. I... If I'm being honest, I think there's going to be you you know me really well so mm. you know I'm not a negative Nelly mm. um, I am always half glass half full however I think there's going to be quite a bit of disappointment I think people are <laughs> really wanting yeah. this normal whatever the heck that is mm. um, to come back and it's not it's just not it can't it, mm. it, there can be remnants and uh uh, you know a flavor of what it used to be like but it's not going to be like it was and I think so many people are just like no I need to get out I need to go back to normal um and I think yeah there's just going to be as you said you know there's going to be still a lot of anxiety about how to communicate with people certain people are going to have different the guidelines will be there but different people are going to have different attitudes to certain things so Mm -hmm. it's just going to be a whole hodgepodge of you know adapting to this new thing Mm -hmm. um and just because the government says well run my pretties fly fly or whatever (laughs) uh (laughs) uh, i'm not gonna not everybody is actually going to do that so i think there's going to be a lot of people that will be like have the reins put on them a bit thinking it's going to go back to something it in their head it's not going to be like that so yeah so i think there's going to be a bit of disappointment but i also think you know it's just gonna help people's mental health hugely i think
1: absolutely yeah yeah. absolutely a bit of freedom across all the ages i think people have been affected doesn't matter how old you are um Mm. i think people's mental health has been super affected by all this Especially children, I think, because um, you know they need those interactions. Have you found with um, the meditation center? Because I know you, obviously, like all professions, moved online uh, during Mm. all this. Have you uh, found that people are maybe picking up on those type of things a little bit more, having to kind of calm themselves and looking for things like meditation to do that in these times?
2: Well, I think. I mean, for me, I do my online groups uh for students who have already learned online um i can't i have to actually teach face to face when i do teach somebody new and i haven't had a huge response this year because people have you know it's always been in lockdown and even though i do have a covid safe space where i can teach people um it's only in the last couple of three weeks people have started to be emailing me and kind of going so when can we meet face-to-face? And I think a lot of people need require that. Because um, you, can, you can do kind of um, watered-down things via apps on, you know, you know, thing. there's so much now you can get via an app or online that's watered down, in my opinion, um, which are a good stepping stone, maybe. Um, but if you're going to kind of jump into meditation as a lifestyle change, Um, you you require a teacher and a mentor, and if all being well, people will kind of start doing that when they feel safer that they can meet up. So um, yeah, I think uh, it all depends what level of meditation you want, really, if that makes sense. If you just want a quietening that you can get from an app, that's very different to what I do. But if you want someone to kind of hold your hand a little bit and jump in the deep end with meditation, then yeah, that's my world. <laughs> well,
1: I'd love you to hold my hand, Shaz. I, I don't know if you can physically do that, but, you know, that would be lovely.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, when we're allowed, Carl, no problem.
1: <laughs> we'll all be skipping down Falmouth High Street holding hands. I
2: look forward oh, to that. Oh, I cannot wait for that. That's going to be such a hoot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. Well look let's crack on into our story today and 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 a bit of um bit of um information around that because now we are on episode 19 or it's not book 19 this is not book 19 um my regular listeners will know that we've gone off track we've gone rogue and this book was actually picked by my twitter followers really yeah oh. i i put a poll out with the um with four titles a few weeks ago And uh, at top of the list were two books. One was Tattoo of Death, and one was Terror on the Titanic. And you are doing Tattoo of Death, which I believe got about 38% of the vote. Um,
2: That's quite considerable.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. So people, I think, love the title. They had no idea what the book was about, but the title is awesome. Tattoo of Death. Mm. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It it, it feels a bit Harry Potter-esque. (laughs) <laughs> it does.
1: It does. Yeah. His Har-
2: cheaper little brother,
1: yeah. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Henry Potter and the Tattoo of Death. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, where where the book is uh, actually on the front cover? We have two people, uh, young young guys performing martial arts. And having read the book, we'll get into the story in a moment. Uh, it's all about jujitsu and and. Um, and karate as well when you were growing up in Mm. cornwall because like me you grew up in cornwall were you ever into any of those activities when was the eight or nine or ten year old shaz going to karate because a lot of my friends did
2: uh no no uh no no there's uh, actually the very practical reason i um never went to any kind of uh I didn't do many extracurricular activities because my dad worked day shift, my mum worked night shift. Uh. So my kind of world was very based around their work routine. So I didn't have any kind of karate or anything like that. Mm. Um, However, I did go to a creative fun day... Um, so, as a kid, just a little bit of a, a disclaimer here. Hmm. I was the kid that never remembered anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would often turn up at primary school and they'd be like, right, everyone on the bus. And,. I'd be like, where are we going? And (laughs) at some point, my parents will have signed me off on a school trip and I just never brought the right clothes or the right packed lunch. Do you know what I mean? It just kind of skipped my family, you know. Um, And this was one of those occasions where I went on a kind of um, day out in Marazion Community Centre and we did crafts. And I remember just turning up going... I didn't know I was coming here. And it's a very clear memory of mine. And I forget everything and still to this day, but just standing there going, feeling really nervous and lost and going, why didn't anybody tell me (laughs) that I was coming here? Uh, But what I do remember is what I did. It was that such an imprint. I did table tennis, which was my, my sport. Mm. And I did raffia, which um, was my creative bit, so I had a, a, like a morning of table tennis and an afternoon of raffia.
1: Now, um, for the uninitiated, and that includes me, hmm. what's what what is raffia? Have I missed that?
2: What what is that? No, I, is it? Or is is it even called that? I might be. Like, <laughs> no, it's raffia, isn't it? It's like you make. Uh, you have to. It's a bit like basket making. Oh. But it, I think raffia is the material because taffeta you make dresses out of so no it's raffia, I'm sure it's that Um, but anyway yeah so I was suddenly thrust into a basket or pot making class with a child I've never seen before who had curly hair and we just kind of we had the same look in our eye I think he (laughs) didn't know what was going on, I certainly didn't know what was going on so we just kind of silently bonded as the two kids who didn't know why they were in Marazine Community Hall Centre <laughs> making raffia pots wow. uh, with a strange woman who was in a caftan <laughs> she was lovely lovely, yeah. lovely woman but again I think she was used to an adult audience mm. um, you know and I think, you know, I'm talking maybe we're about seven or eight years old when this happened. Right. So we may have not picked up on the nuances of how to shape. Um, <laughs> and not, I know I was just constantly moving my head because of the twanginess of this stuff. And it kept smacking back in your face or trying to catch you in the eye Gosh. Um, when you were trying to weave your basket pot thing. Mm. So, yeah. So that's something I did do. Um, but again... Didn't know why I was there. Don't oh. remember signing up for it, but that was a creative activity I did do once.
1: A Tattoo of Death. Uh, I've read, I've, I've read it uh, once or twice in preparation for our recording, Shaz, and it's quite heavy going. I right, <laughs> yeah, for, from from the title and from a mm. uh, front cover in, involving some boys doing some martial arts. What do you think the story might be about?
2: Well, I'm in it it's funny I had no I, I didn't know obviously until now that you say it's about martial arts I've recently started watching the Karate Kids again
1: what oh, the originals uh,
2: the originals because oh. I want to watch Cobra Kai on Netflix
1: <laughs> okay yeah right
2: but having watched Karate Kids 1 and 2 literally both in the last month or so I've got that kind of vibe because it all depends who their sensei is and do they go rogue, and do they play dirty, but the tattoo of death, at a guess that if you're in this kind of really um, what's the word I'm looking for, elite maybe, or um, kind of secret martial arts jujitsu gang, Mm. maybe you have to have a tattoo to prove your worth, and that be your kind of badge of honor and if you don't have the tattoo you might have to fight to the death or i don't know that kind of world maybe
1: well without giving too much away you're not far off although there is a darker element to it still and i'll pre-
2: darker than death
1: well (laughs) well, i'll I'll, (laughs) I'll pre-empt this a little bit by saying these books seem to get a bit heavier as they went on in the series. For example, right. for example, way back in episode five, when you did House of Danger, um, it was quite—I mm. mean, you were solving mysteries, but it was ghosts. There wasn't real any world problems going on. But mm. by the time you get to book nine and ten, there are stories about the world being um, run out of all its resources and oil running out. There's a story about the mountain gorillas being killed in Uganda and the storytellers had to save the gorillas. They were actual world problems that are, were happening in the 80s. Do you know what I mean?
2: Wow. He was using his Choose Your Own Adventure books to kind of peacefully bring activism into the lives of children.
1: Yes. And this, bo- wow. this book is no different. And that's all I'm going to say for now.
2: <gasps>
1: mm, yeah. So... Let's have some fun. Are you ready for this, Shaz?
2: Oh, my. I'm born ready for these. Literally born ready. (laughs) Well, okay. I might not remember anything, but I'm born ready for these books.
1: (laughs) Well, let's get into it. This is episode 19 of Voyage of the Page-Turner.
0: Illegal immigration from China and other Southeast Asian countries often ends up as slavery. You discover two of your friends from the martial arts studio are members of the Red Flower Gang. And if that wasn't bad enough, you realize the gang is actually involved in a dangerous human smuggling operation. Guilty by association, you are now involved against your will. How do you get out of this gang? How do you save the people being smuggled from a life of slavery?
1: So, Shaz, thoughts? What... (laughs) initial thoughts
2: initial thoughts I'm a little bit disappointed with the name red flowers (laughs) yeah you know what I mean Mm. I think uh, or that could be a ploy like oh you're in a local um, martial arts group oh that's lovely Shaz what are they called the red flowers wonderful no one is going to associate the name red flowers with an international human trafficking ring I don't say.
1: It's true. true. So actually that
2: might be sensible thinking. I'm a little bit disappointed in myself that I'm in the group. I think I may have been bamboozled a little bit. But now I'm in and I'm in for keeps and I've got to fight my way out. Well, let's bring that fight on, Colin. That's what I say. I'm going to hopefully kick my way out of there.
1: And I think your character in the book is the same. But let's see how we can get out of this. Here we go. Page one. You can't sleep. You haven't been able to sleep through the night for almost a week. The last threat was so strong, so frightening that you look behind yourself all the time, expecting one of them to be there. Now you roll out of bed and sit on your sit on your computer. Don't sit on your computer, that's what it says. You roll out of bed and sit on your computer, writing down your story. I see. The Dangerous Situation all started about five months ago. You joined a Tai Chi group uh, to help build your confidence and develop your athletic skills. (laughs) There you go, Shaz. You see, that's what we should have done as kids.
2: Right. (laughs) Noted.
1: Noted. (laughs) Tai Chi is an ancient Japanese martial art that uh, stresses defence more than attack. You chose this form of martial art over much more aggressive ones such as judo, karate and taekwondo. You just don't see yourself as an aggressive type. That's right.
2: Which is the one with sticks? Kendo? Uh,
1: oh, I don't know. What what sort of... Yeah.
2: There's a martial art where you twat each other with blooming great sticks.
1: You know all the terminology.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. That's always been very attractive to me, actually. Wow. I don't know, carry on, sorry. Well, like
1: in bad. the like in like in gladiators, the 1990s game show with the pugil sticks.
2: No. My God. No- um, no, and yes. So don't, don't they remind you of giant cotton buds? <laughs> they do. I could never take that game of, of gladiators seriously. It's just like, I know if you're getting belted by Jet or Wolf, with one of those things, or Hunter, yeah. or anyone, it's going to hurt. But it just looked, it, to me, every time I watched it, it was grown people uh, poking each other with giant <laughs> cotton buds. So it never worked for me in <laughs> that round. Anyway, um... What are you talking about? Sti- sticks, so I don't think on there's any, like, there's no
1: sticks involved in Tai Chi, so... Um, no,
2: that's just hands. Mm. No, that's the martial art I personally, Shaz, would like to go at. Massive, great, long bamboo sticks. And they clack quite noisily when you attack each other. Wow. Always a fancied that one.
1: Well, I mean, if we can't work out what the actual martial art is, we'll have to st- start our own in, in, some, yes. cor- in some Cornish woods somewhere. <laughs>
2: What's that clacking? I was just calling Shanz with some sticks.
1: Twatting each other with yeah. some sticks. Okay. Uh, you remember the first day you went to the Tai Chi practice? There were two Asian-American boys about your own age who said they were beginners. One was named Ben and the other was called Steve. You should have known from the start that you, mu- you shouldn't respect these two. They didn't look very friendly. Hmm. I have my suspicions about Ben and Steve already. The Tai Chi master was named Fang. He was from mainland China. See your hands as parachutes, he instructed you on the first day. He showed you how to raise your hands slightly above head level, let your waist go loose, and allow your palms to drift slowly downwards. All oh, right. so this is like slow martial arts, Shaz.
2: Yeah, you do it in time with one another.
1: Yes, Yeah. and, and there's a lovely drawing of that happening, so that's nice. They're all like synchronised karate, almost, almost, yeah. One day about 4 months ago Fang disappeared someone said he had problems with immigration but now you question whether the authorities were to blame when when he's gone Ben and Steve moved in quickly looking back you see it as a setup they invited you out for a snack even though you tried to pay they would not let you that's the way it was step by step they built a web of friendship and obligation after the snack came a free movie Another time They took you out for a full day On an island with two other friends You treated them to sodas and snacks But they paid the fare For the ferry and the, and the lunch Big time mistake you think Your two friends turned out to be Recruiters for the Red Flowers One of the newest Los Angeles gangs By the time you discovered this It was too late You were going to be initiated Shaz Oh no oh. After a day of freebies at the ballpark, Ben and Steve led you to a long black limousine waiting outside. It was driven by a heavily muscled man in his thirties wearing dark glasses. His nickname was the Anaconda after the South American killer snake. Get in, wimps. "'I don't have all day to babysit,' he grunted. "'He slammed the door shut and put it into gear "'and went through the streets "'as if the police were chasing him. Fifteen minutes later, you were blindfolded "'and led up three flights of stairs. "'You could smell the sea and overlay of pollution. "'Suddenly, the blindfold was ripped off. "'Okay, you slimy snail slug, "'you child of an unborn ox, "'you worthless dog. (laughs) "'Are you ready?' Ben asked. Hang on. (laughs) Chaz, this has gone very heavy, very quickly.
2: It's so... (laughs) I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm actually a little bit... uh, Well, I'm ready to have a fight with Ben, to be honest. Yeah. Just, do you know what I mean? He's being such a plank. It's rude.
1: Very rude. These, These insults are good and bad at the same time. You worthless dog. Okay. You... You child of an unborn ox! I, I've, I've I've not heard that as an insult before. I must admit.
2: No, no, no. I think he was. I think he's been watching too many like late night bad movies, and he's <laughs> like some punk kind of P.I.'s. Like mm. you know, he's mm. picking up the phrases off some dodgy old film. I reckon.
1: <laughs> From Karate Kid. Okay. Yeah, maybe. All right. You noticed the anaconda lounging against the wall, chewing his toothpick. Then Ben stalked towards you with a large electric needle. We are giving you the name Tulip, Ben barked. Now you will get the mark of the red flowers on your arm. It took a painful 15 minutes for the red flower design to appear on your flesh. Steve loves seeing you squirm. Okay, Tulip, now you're marked. But to be a true member of the Red Flowers, you must do what we say. Got it? You will have a final test to prove your your loyalty to us. Ben and Steve and the Anaconda turn to you. We all have a task. Are you ready? Uh, I guess so, you manage to squeak. Louder, Tulip! Uh, Yes, you say. Yes, what is it? Yes, I'm ready to make a sacrifice to the Red Flowers, you finally replied. Good. You will arrange a meeting between your father and our leader, Big Guy, in Japan. Oh, I can't do that, you replied. Fear had done a cold water dance down your spine. Your father is a famous attorney who is running for the governorship of California. you better. We've got some goods on you and your father, Ben answered with a sneer. Right, new information, Shaz. Your father is a big attorney who's running for the governorship of California.
2: Again, I am surprised.
1: Hmm.
2: I, yeah. So, there's there's a lot of contradictions for me right now. Wasn't
1: wasn't Arnie governor of California?
2: Yeah, Yeah. and Chris Pratt married his daughter.
1: Oh, (laughs) So, are we saying that your dad is Arnold Schwarzenegger in this story? Well,
2: when you were talking, that's where my head went. I'm not going to lie. I thought, oh God, I'm the daughter of Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: <laughs> wow. Mm. Mm. Yeah.
2: Well, that's possibly, possibly, obviously, in real life, I'm of the age that I would be his daughter, but in the story, mm. I'm surely his granddaughter. Because I'm not very old in the story, am I?
1: No, you're not. You're a, you're a teenager, if that. Yeah. So. Mm.
2: I reckon. Yeah, I'm Arnie's granddaughter in the book.
1: <laughs> you are now. All right. Okay. Yeah. Good. If we ever meet him, he's definitely going to have that voice. Okay. All right. Uh, no choices to be made yet, Shaz. But this story is fascinating. Okay. You weren't sure what Ben meant, and you didn't wait to find out. As Steve led you back to your room, you broke free from his grip and scrambled down the wooden stairs to the street. You thought the anaconda would chase you, but he didn't. As you ran, you heard Ben's cool voice trail after you. That's right, Tulip, run away. But remember, you are one of us now. You can never escape. That was all a month ago. Now there is a death command out for you. You have disobeyed the red flowers. You finish typing your story and slip a copy into a sealed envelope addressed to your dad's attorney. You want people to know the truth in the event that things go bad, really bad. You enclose a letter to the attorney, uh, a man named Marvelous Marvin Carmichael, asking him not to open the document until, until you are deceased. You hope he never has to open it, but your instinct says he may be opening it very soon. Time to go. You grab your package and set out for the mailbox on the corner nearest your house. You look over your shoulder all the time. Since you ran away from the red flowers, they have been sending you threatening messages. They said they would kill you if you don't do what they ordered. They also said they blackmail you. Big deal. If you're dead, what good is blackmail? Blackmail the coast seems clear you pick up the pace the box is within sight your heart rate is climbing your pulse pounding you hear sounds you have never heard before your mouth is dry your palms are clammy you make it you open the slot of the mailbox and the thick envelope lands with a slight thud as you turn around you expect to feel a knife slip between your ribs this is a book for 8 to 10 year olds this is very heavy
2: yeah and to be honest Quite frankly, if they wanted me, they it, they would go drive-by.
1: Wow, I mean that's how we do it in Cornwall. I'll agree with you.
2: <laughs> yeah, It's no yeah. They, it's very personal, a, a knife in the ribs. <clears throat> it is, isn't it? It is. If they wanted me dead, they'd be dead.
1: But as, as it says, nothing happens. You're alive. You can't br- you can't believe it. You see the sky. You even appreciate the smog and the familiar way it clogs your nostrils. Maybe. God. Just maybe you think there is a way out. The problem is this. The Red Flowers is a gang of smugglers. Their main commodity is smuggling people into the United States from China and other Asian countries. The Red Flowers charge a lot of money for the trip. These poor victims line up like kids at a movie for the privilege of being fleeced for every cent they have. They are forced to live on board some leaky old steamer below decks for three or four weeks with hundreds of others. Food is rotten. The water is horrible. The sanitation almost toxic. People die aboard these ships and those who survive get dropped off in small boats a mile or two from shore. Wow. Now you're wrapped up in this business too. The Red Flowers want your influence to help them smuggle people in. As Ben warned, they do have goods on you. These so-called friends videotaped you when they robbed a store. They handed you the money before you knew what was going on, and it's all on tape. And they have the tape. To make matters worse, they also have a videotape and telephone recordings arranging the pickup of a delivery. What a surprise. What you thought was uh, rope sandals used in Tai Chi was actually a package of stolen goods. In their last threatening message Ben and Steve told you Either you get your dad to do us a favour Or we'll turn the video files Over to the police You won't like that And he'll like it even less We can actually prove your father was involved Don't forget When you made the phone call He sent the driver to pick up the shipment This is quite big stuff Shaz I'm worried for you
2: Right, okay Mm. I'm getting my dandy up here quietly. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah there is a choice coming up in a minute you have got to make a choice in a moment are you ready for the choice
2: oh I'm ready All I don't right. know what it's going to be but I'm, I'm ready
1: right your, fever- your feverish mind your clever feverish mind Shaz has worked out there are three possibilities one submit to their blackmail but offer to go to Japan to meet with big guy in place of your dad two go into hiding until you can think of a way to turn the red flowers in And not get hurt. Or three, go straight to the cops. So that's the decision. Do you decide to go to Japan to meet this guy? Do you decide to hide uh, until you can think of a better way to turn in the red flowers? Or do you go straight to the cops? Huh. I mean, it's no house of danger, Shaz. This
2: is full on. (laughs) Yeah. So... It's really interesting because even though my brain and everything about me is saying go to the cops, because whatever they got on me, is never, it's absolutely dismissible in court. My father's, you know, he's running for the governor of California. He's an Mm. attorney himself. Mm. I'm going to get off. There's no way, there's absolutely no way he'll make any of this stick on me. Right. Um. However, for the point of this exercise and this story, I'm more intrigued to go to Japan.
0: Ooh.
1: right. Um, and, and just to clarify, it says, so you could go to Japan to meet with Big Guy in place of Mm. your dad so you could go in place of your dad to meet this mobster big guy
2: Mm. Mm. yeah I think I'm going to go for that one even though you know I don't if I go to the cops Mm. I don't think it's going to make for a good story however I don't I'm not afraid of these lunatics at all
1: no I mean, you're trained in the, the ancient Cornish martial art of twatting people with sticks, so... Absolutely. You've got no reason to be afraid.
2: No, not at all. And also, when you do watch shows like this, you know, cop shows, they always say, well, you need to get the guy at the top. They don't want the little the little fish at the bottom doing the actual dealing. They want the bloke that you, or the woman that you can never get hold of, you know decision maker. So yeah, I'm going to go and meet the big guy I am, or whatever he's called. What's he big called? Big guy. Big guy. Big guy. Yeah, big, big guy. guy. To... Big. Mm.
1: Probably named after what he looks like. He's just a big guy.
2: <laughs> well, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Yeah. He may have a, you know, a bit of an ego problem. He might be five foot, nothing in his socks, <laughs> um, but he's got a really big ego. And, yeah. Uh, a terrier-like personality. So. Right. All right.
1: Alright, we're going to Japan! Love it! The next time Ben and Steve contact you, you agree to meet them and talk listen i'll work with the flowers you say but why not send me to japan you'll have more control that way than if my father goes ben and steve give you the once over they don't really trust anyone but then why would they after all these two thugs are in the crime business they're making money on people's lives sure they're not killing anyone that they literally are killing people i mean that it says they're not killing anyone they are killing people
2: That happens. Yeah, people don't make it off the ship because of poisoned food, water and bad sanitation. Of course Mm. they're murderers.
1: Horrible. They're importing people illegally, like guns or drugs or money. Don't forget your tattooed tulip, Steve says menacingly. You're marked for life. You're ours and always will be ours. You'd like to see the cops catch hold of Steve and send him away for a really long time. But that isn't your problem right now. You've got to convince them you are still part of the flowers. Then, and only then, can you get to the top, identify the right people in the gang, clue in your dad, and wait for the arrest to follow. Exactly what you said, Chaz. Mm-hmm. It sounds easy. Like an afternoon movie where the good guy always wins. Trouble is... This isn't a TV show. This is real life. The tattoo on your arm proves that. Hey, I'm cool with you. I'm not bailing out. You hope that they believe you. Well, if you're so cool and all, how about proving it? Ben gives you one of those long stares. It's supposed to melt weaker people's minds and turn them into plain yogurt past the edible date. I offered to go to Japan, didn't I? You reply, acting a little tough. Not enough, Ben says, he is serious. Before you go, we want you to deliver a package for us. No questions asked, got it? A small flat rectangular package wrapped in brown paper sealed with duct tape sits on the table. You look at it and it seems to glow. A letter bomb, drugs, or a, a ransom note maybe? These guys are bad, real bad. Of course, this package really doesn't glow. It's just your overimactive imagination, sure. I'll do it, you hear a voice saying in your head. Your mouth is flapping, words are coming out, but inside you are screaming for help. The package sits on the table, beckoning you to pick it up and deliver it. Where to, Kemosabi? you ask? Choice coming up, Shaz. The state house, the governor's office. It's kind of a present, wouldn't you say, Steve? (laughs) Yeah, Ben, a present he'll remember, Steve says, laughing. With your heart in your throat and your hands feeling like broken glass, you take the package and head to the door and the outside world that seems so normal. But you and the package could spell death, disfigurement or tragedy for a lot of people. Once you are outside, an idea pops into your brain. Open the package and check it before you deliver it. Is that a ridiculous thought? But what is the alternative? Lie about it? Tell Steve and Ben you delivered the package and hope that they don't find out? Shaz, what do you do? You could decide to open the package and be very careful, see what it is. Or you could decide to get rid of it. Not deliver it, just get rid of it.
2: I want to see what the package is. (gasps) Really? Yep.
1: All right. could be before, helpful to me. Be, before we go down that route, and I've not turned the page, mm. so I don't know whether this is good or bad, what could happen? I'm just being devil's advocate. Because mm. it could be a letter bomb. It could be something toxic. You might be putting uh. yourself in a huge amount of danger here, Shaz.
2: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the fact is, because I don't know what it is, say it's a letter bomb, say it's... Um, Uh, anthrax say it's uh, an airborne virus who knows what's in that package yeah where would I throw it away so if I like throw it in the river then it could get into the water system and millions of people drink the water and then could be killed I could throw it in a bin and then maybe some old lady accidentally puts her hand in the bin and then she blows up I'll take what's in the package rather than anybody else
1: wow wow Yeah, I mean, that is some big stuff there, Shaz. Putting yourself on the line to save millions of other people.
2: Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Sorry. Yes, I think that's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't can't throw something away and I don't know what it is. Mm.
1: I suppose the alternative is you don't deliver it, you get rid of it, and then you tell Steve and Ben that you did deliver it. And if they were to find out you were lying... That would also mean certain death, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've got nothing to lose here at all.
1: Apart from maybe your hands and your eyes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> They're going to take them anyway, aren't they? Oh, gosh. So, do you know what I mean? Mm. I, uh, to me, this is a. If I don't, if I just don't deliver it and throw it away, I don't have information. And at the end of the day, if I, I want the information because I can make better decisions. If in the meantime this decision gets me killed, well then someone can deal with my dead body and then with that forensic evidence get back to Steve and Ben and they can be caught that way. This is pure sacrifice or an information exercise and I don't know which.
1: Wow. I, I'm just thinking, like you, oh, this all started off as a friendly Tai Chi class and look where you are. And I'm just imagining you walking into that ping-pong activity down in Marazion and then you suddenly end up in a drug trafficking ring down in Marazion. It could have happened.
2: It could have happened. happened. Mm. Yeah, it could have happened. But yeah, so let's open the package and see what's in there. And if it's the end of my days, it's the end of my days.
1: Courage sometimes comes when you least expect it against your instinct for survival you carefully unwrap the package first the duct tape nothing happens then the first layer of brown paper corner by corner still nothing happens the last layer of red paper similar to the wrapping used on chinese christmas presents you pull it off slowly and are startled by what you see it's a picture of the current governor accepting money from Big Guy himself. There is a wad of bills in the governor's hands and a grin a mile wide on his face. The picture is signed. With appreciation from all of us, there is more where this came from. Your friend in the flowers, Big Guy. You are eager to go to Japan and find out who's at the bottom of all this if the flowers still want you to go, right? So where what happened? What's happened here is the story. Nothing's really happened. You've delivered the package, Shaz. Um and clearly R.A. Montgomery really wants you to go to Japan, by the sounds of it.
2: <laughs>
1: mm. Yeah. So it's just a bribe. Okay. It's just a bribe. That's all it was.
2: It's whether the whether that interaction between big guy and my gr- father grandfather is real or not they know each other that's that's extra that's some extra information for me that may or may not come in as a handy bit of knowledge
1: the red flowers do want you to go to japan you have passed the test ben and steve congratulate you on your return this gang thing is all about tests and loyalty to the crooked code of ethics mess up once and you get punished mess up a second time and the punishment could be permanent you didn't mess up and you are off to Japan. You land in the airport in Tokyo. The trip takes three days, 5,000 miles and 12 exhausting hours in the air. The crowds are the first thing that hits you when you finally get through customs and passport control. A slight, smiling, well-dressed woman is waiting for you at the exit of the airport. She holds up a sign that reads Tulip. Uh, Excuse me, you say, going to her. Can she really be involved with these creeps? You ask yourself. No, she's probably just a messenger and doesn't know anything about them. Please follow me, she says with a smile that seems forced. She leads you to a taxi and you both get in. The Marada Hotel... She says in English to the driver, who looks like a bank president. He's dressed in a grey three-piece suit and tie and wears white cotton gloves. The cab is a German import, spotlessly clean and smelling like the inside of a fine luggage shop. I, I love the descriptions, but it seems a little bit irrelevant. <laughs> bearing, bearing in mind you are going to a, a smuggling lord's uh, den. Do you really care what the cab smells like?
2: No, but it's a clue to how rich he is.
1: Oh, okay. I'm glad you're here, because I just thought it was an un- <laughs> unnecessary description.
2: <laughs> no, I, I think it... Well, for me, it's just like all of this show, this um, pretense. Mm. Again, you know, again, it's kind of like this could impress some weaker-willed people. Yeah. Or yeah. you can kind of go, okay more information more clues that this guy's a bit of a whatever this guy is <laughs> yeah,
1: choice language okay um, thank you <laughs> when you get to the when you get to the hotel you find out why the driver looks like a banker the charge of yen for the 40minute ride downtown Tokyo comes out at 230 US dollars. The shock continues when you grab a soda and a burger at a local burger hut. The price of the soda is $5 and the burger is £12.75. This all seems very expensive I suppose, I don't know. At this rate, you'll be on a rapid weight loss diet in two days. Tons and tons of people stream by at half run speed. The sidewalks are jammed, the shops filled, the cars choke the roads. Hey, you say to your guide. Is Japan uh, like this all the time? Oh no, not all of it. Japan is very beautiful. You like her. Your hope is she that she is not one of them. We will go to Kyoto tomorrow. That is where the big me- meeting will take place. Tonight, you will rest uh, and get over your jet lag. See a little bit of Japan. And tomorrow, we will take you on a bullet train to Kyoto. Got it, you reply. Glad that there's going to be a break for some badly needed sleep. The time change between LA and Tokyo is 16 hours. Time zones change and can really throw off the whole sleep system. Sleep hits you like a sledgehammer and before you know it, it's dawn. In the morning, your guide meets you in the lobby of the hotel and you get ready to head to Kyoto. She seems very worried and hands you a sealed envelope. I will take care of the bill. Read this, she says. With trembling hands, you tear open the envelope sure that it brings you bad news you are right the note reads so you have found your way to japan we know what you're up to do not meet with big guy leave immediately and meet us at 23 road of the yellow fish wow there is no signature in place of the signature is a chop which is a kind of symbol. You have never seen this chop before, but you have heard of it. It is the chop of a branch of a gang that is in the same business as the flowers. Human lives for sale, immigration, false passports, and if necessary, murder. They are dangerous people to deal with and may be even more dangerous if you ignore them. So Shaz, what do you do? The choices are, you could decide to ignore the letter. From this new gang, or you could decide to take the letter very seriously.
2: Huh? This is a conundrum.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm going to meet them.
1: Okay. All right. So, so they they are almost the same business as the Red Flowers, just in a different part of the world you're going to meet them why because you feel scared or you just want to get more information or what's what's the thinking process
2: oh at the end of the day I'm not scared for one good reason Hmm. there's too many ways I could die in this story so it doesn't matter how I die right so so what's your what's your main what's
1: your main um thought process they're a
2: rival gang Hmm. they're a rival gang Mm. So at the moment, big guy is causing me a headache. Mm. Okay, he's got mm-hmm. something potentially over on my granddad's, and that's where I live, and that's my family. So my family are going to be affected by this set of decisions. Mm-hmm. Okay, now if these gang members say don't go. They mm. may help me get to big guy.
1: Oh. what? Well, so this rival gang might help you get to the big boss?
2: Yep. Mm. At the moment, I am literally in Japan with a guide who knows, who's very nervous, and she mm. wants to help me. And I want to help her because who knows why she's got caught up in this absolute Basket of ridiculous behaviour. Yes, if that's what this is. <laughs> She's Very... a good woman.
1: <laughs> yes,
2: she has gone. Get some sleep. Maybe some sightseeing tomorrow. You'll meet one of the head of you know mafia bosses in Japan. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I that's think arrest. there's a little. Yeah, there's a little bit of a false sense of security here. Mm. You know, everything's clean, pristine, showing off. So if all this is happening, and then I go to the big I am, he's the sort of guy that might just literally—I walk into his office, and the next thing you know, there's a bullet in the brain. Right. He hasn't right. even—he hasn't, even, hasn't even said hello or whatever. So I've been given an opportunity here, I think, to meet some different people who may have some stuff that would be helpful to me to take the big guy down.
1: Wow. So the choice of taking the letter seriously and this letter says, don't meet with big guy, go to 23 Road of the Yellow Fish to meet them. Is that what you're going to do?
2: Yes, please. Love it. The
1: gang are very powerful. You decide to obey their wishes. The road of the yellow fish is near the market in Tokyo. A taxi-charging extortionate rates delivers you to the heart of the market. It is a...
2: (laughs) What? I think R.A. Montgomery's been to Japan, and I think he found it (laughs) expensive. And I think he's making it very clear to the readers that Japan has a very, very expensive (laughs) currency rate
1: this is his own private beef
2: <laughs> absolutely £5 <laughs> for a soda 12 for a McDonald's it's ridiculous
1: <laughs> don't even get me started on the taxis <laughs> oh, love, it. I love it we're seeing a little bit of his own insight into the world as well I like that okay This market is a piece of old Japan, unchanged for centuries. Noodle shops line the sidewalks, filled with hungry people slurping the rich broth and fresh noodles. You wish you could stop and investigate this wonderful area, but life and death, your life and death, might well hang in the balance. You approach number 23, and to your surprise, you find a modern house in excellent condition. You knock, no answer. You wait and then knock again. When the door opens, a short woman greets you. Please come in, she says in broken English. Follow me. The woman leads you to the back of the house. Without warning, a large fishnet drops over your head, entangling you in a web. Why me? Why me? I didn't do anything. Three weeks later, your father and mother sit in the office of the Deputy Commissioner of the Police in Los Angeles. I'm very sorry to report that we have absolutely no leads regarding the whereabouts of your child. I can offer you little hope, but we will try everything we can. Unfortunately, the victims of the gangs are never found.
0: The end. Papa!
1: Oh! Am I dead though? Well, victims are never found. But I mean, no, you're not dead. But
2: <laughs> I don't mind being dead. I don't mind it. It's kind of like one of life's certainties, isn't it? Wow. Not to bring a downer on it.
1: Well, I tell you, um, I tell you. But it's one of these book certainties. People often die. Wow, Shaz. I mean, that was quite a story.
2: I'm kind of three weeks later. The victims have not been found. Hmm. Where I am with this...
1: Mm. You're in a fishing net. That's where you are with it.
2: <laughs> I'm in a fishing net. Mm. Does my grandfather dad know that I'm with a rival gang? W-
1: with the red flowers?
2: mm Because I'm not with... I'm with the right... I'm, I'm a red flower. Air mm. uh, quotation marks. Mm. Doing what I need to do. I've said to I'm not going to big guy Mm. I'm going to this rival gang place who've put me in a fishing net to you know hang me there for whatever and three weeks later they say the victims have not been found but they don't know where I was
1: no well they well okay let me just I'm going to reread that last page so just just so we have some clarification because I think you're right okay so three weeks later blah 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 Um, A few minutes later, your father and mother sit in the office of the Deputy Commissioner of Police in Los Angeles. I am very sorry to report that we have absolutely no leads regarding the whereabouts of your child. Lovely American accent. I can offer you little hope, but we will keep on trying everything we can. Unfortunately, the victims of the gangs are never found. They don't know where you are. They have literally no idea where you are.
2: Okay, I'll accept the fact that I could be dead. I will accept the fact that I could still be hanging in a warehouse somewhere in Japan in a fishing net, plotting my escape, but I do find, no disrespect to Mr. Montgomery, that's an inconclusive ending for me. Your listenership might decide otherwise, and that's absolutely their right. (laughs) But I think there's another choice there. I think Mm. there's room for another choice.
1: Mm. I mean, obviously, this book... Uh, I should have said at the start, it has 15 different endings. This is just one of them. And, I mean, if people want to find out the other 14 endings, you can find this book on many online stores and probably in some good <laughs> bookshops. They can find out the other 14 endings themselves. But yeah. that was the one we got. I mean, having read the Brilliant. book myself a few times, there was one option which was very quick. And uh, it invo- when if you had decided to go to the police at the start... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you would have had that choice that would have been your only choice you would have gone to the police the police would have caught the gang and you would have got fame and fortune now mm. fame and fortune is one thing but that would have been a very short and boring story <laughs> yeah
2: and no disrespect when I did House of Danger that's what happened D- yes
1: yeah that's right
2: so I called the po- no. Uh, well yeah it was very quick and I was okay and I got a, some. I got some equipment off as a thank you. So, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. So swings around about. So I didn't go to. Yeah, I'm so glad I didn't go to the police.
1: Mm.
2: Oh, thanks, Cole
1: Well, Shaz, thank you for joining me. That was. I've got to admit, for uh, th- these podcasts and these episodes can be quite heavy, but that was the heaviest because it was yeah. about something quite real.
2: Do you know what I mean? that was full on I didn't as you said for that kind of like I don't know 7 to well again it's back in the day isn't it mm. so 7 to 11 seven to 12 readership that yeah. this would have been written for back in the day um, but listening to that now that's like that's like an episode of Chicago PD or something like that <laughs> yeah it is for adults or Law and Order or something
1: yeah or, or, like almost like taken, like the film taken. I don't know. Is
2: quite full well, on. To, it is full on, and that is fascinating. And I do, I do love the fact that his personal life so spills into his writing. That's hilarious. <laughs> I have a grievance with human trafficking and Japan's prices. <laughs>
1: Which almost outweigh the human trafficking problem. is the taxi prices.
2: And I must admit, again, I, 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 it made me laugh because I was called Tulip. Yeah. Again, I I just got a feeling they could have thought about that just a tad more. Just a tad, <laughs> tad <laughs> more, you know.
1: yeah. Well, uh, listen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you didn't really survive. You might have survived and just be hung up in a fishing net for the rest of your life. But you know,
2: I survived last time. Let's. No, I don't mind. I yeah, I died in a net. Let's 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 (laughs) put a nice little bow in that. I starved to death in a net. And uh, every so often, the little old lady that opened the door to me just pokes me with a stick and goes, "Die quicker, (laughs) die quicker." Um, let's do that
1: happy episode 19 everyone Um, (laughs) um, again thank you for joining me Shaz Uh, before you go um, yes. I would love people just to be aware again, if they didn't catch up with episode 5 which you should, go back and listen to episode 5, House of Danger with Shaz, if you didn't hear it the first time but if people didn't catch it on that where can they find out about the brilliant work you do with the Cornwall Meditation Centre and other projects?
2: Oh bless you so um, yes, it would be uh, www.cornwallmeditationcentre Cornwall Meditation Centre, one word Dot com. You can get hold of me on the website, my number's there I'm on Facebook and Instagram again under Cormor Meditation Centre So there's plenty of ways you can contact me if you fancy learning meditation with me um, And yeah, if you're ever down uh, Penzance this summer You can always come and meet me at Penley Park We've got lots of fab shows on this year So yeah, come and say hi
1: Love it, love it. All right. Well, the final thing we're gonna do is when me and you, when me and you, set up our own Cornish martial arts in the forest with sticks martial arts school. What's our first lesson gonna be, and what is our slogan to get people
2: involved? Fancy twatting someone with a stick? Come and see Colin Shaz in food Woods. Than Shaz in the Woods.
1: Yeah, but don't, don't get me that. started about the prices of taxis in Cornwall. They're
0: outrageous. Oh, no. <laughs> Voyage of the Page Turner. Featured the books of author R.A. Montgomery. Featuring special guest Shaz Andrew. Hosted by Colin Lego. Voice over by Samuel Midnight Thomas. Produced by Colin Lego. Special thanks to Aunt McGinley. Until we meet next time, remember, choose wisely.